Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. My name is Lori, and I'm here with my friend Sarah. And today we're going to talk about disassociation. Full disclosure, I'm probably going to say dissociation because we say it differently and we can't figure out if that's a Canada and the States difference or if that's a Lori's dumb difference. So we'll get there. Yeah. So for everyone listening, we just looked up phonetically how it, how you say disassociation because I said disassociation and then what did you say? I said dissociation. Dissociation. (laughs) You would think this is the first time we're having this discussion because we're still both confused, but we literally just talked about this for like five whole minutes. So you're, you're welcome for cutting that bit. You're welcome. But the best thing too, is that we both work in mental health. So like, we should know this. A hundred percent. We should know this. Uh, yeah. Well, this is why we always say like, we're not here to tell you anything super scientific. We're just here to talk about our experiences. Cause apparently we don't even know how to say the words of the symptom. Yeah. So what does dissociation, disassociation mean to you? So for me, it is the experience of being outside of or disconnected from the body. I think that, and, and the mind, I think that's probably the best way to explain it. How do you, Mm -hmm. how do you explain it? Yeah. It's one of those ones that I think is super different for everyone. When I used to talk to people about their symptoms when I was trying to kind of assess, I would always have this problem where I'd be like, I can't explain to you what this means because it's so different. So personally for me, I think it's just kind of a disconnection between my mind and my body or my mind and my emotions. And that might seem kind of strange, but it's disassociation is really a coping mechanism. So if you're, for example, highly dysregulated and you're going to feel like intense sadness or intense anger, which often will come from some sort of trauma response, people kind of learn to just get out of their body or their head. So sometimes we'll see this with like sexual assault uh, victims and they'll just have learned this coping mechanism, which is not a negative thing necessarily to be able to just deal with the situation that they're put in and they can't get out of. Yeah, totally. Um, And some people experience this on a like regularly occurring basis. I think I don't know about you. I feel like this episode is going to be short because in my experience, like uh, maybe I'll have like a low level dissociation, disassociation, um, very rarely, you know, there's only been a few times where I've like, there's been like one time in my life where I remember being like, I feel outside of my body. Like, I feel like I'm like looking at my body almost. And I don't even remember what that situation was, but I know like I have a friend who had his, had to to facilitate a 5150 on his mom a few years ago because she has dissociative identity disorder and she Mm -hmm. will spend like days dissociating out of her body and really engage in super scary behavior when she does. So, you know, I can't speak to that experience, but I do know like these low level moments of like, it's almost like when you're staring off into space or your eyes are just kind of glossy, you know, for a few minutes, I'm like, Oh wait, what I'm alive, you know? 
Yeah, totally. And I think the way you described it, where you're like outside of your body looking down on yourself, that's not necessarily how I experience it, but I know that that's a really, really common descriptor for people. And again, this is not necessarily in everybody that has borderline, um, but it is a common symptom for quite a few people. And I think it's because of those intense emotions and the trauma background. For myself, I've actually found that sometimes it's since therapy, I think it's sometimes caused me to disassociate uh, in happy moments. Whereas before my body would just naturally use it to kind of take back um, some negative emotions. So like if I was going through a breakup, instead of feeling like completely abandoned and completely miserable, I would just disassociate. So an example of that, where it was kind of used in the positive, but it affected me negatively was where um, I had broken up with this guy who we'd broken up 600 times and I was really upset about it. So my body just kind of shut off those emotions, which in some ways is good. I, I mean, I guess in another way, you'll never really deal with how you're feeling in that situation, but it doesn't usually last forever. But I happened to be going to a music festival and I was going to go see Eminem. And I was so excited because I Wait, love Eminem. <laughs> I was going to say, can we pause? You were going to see Eminem? What? Yes, I know. And it was the first time he'd played in Canada. And I think it was 10 years or something crazy. And so I was like, so excited. And I was disassociated so bad that I could not enjoy anything or basically remember it at all. And so it was one of those things where it was like, had this breakup happened at any other time, it would have actually been really helpful because I would have kind of been able to slowly come back into my emotions and my body. But it happened to happen like the day that I went to go see Eminem. And so I just like missed out on this really exciting opportunity that I was like looking forward to for months. So that's really frustrating. And so a lot of what you learn in dialectical behavior therapy is how to kind of stay in the moment. And the issue with that is I've definitely learned how to do that when it comes to negative emotions. And like sometimes dissociation is helpful, but for me now it's actually become somewhat problematic in that it happens in really good moments. And so like, for example, I got engaged in the summer and because that was going to lead to really intense emotions, I forgot everything. Like I literally was like not there for a moment that I'd been looking forward to forever. So it was super frustrating. And I've told my fiance, like, you need to write down what you said to me because I literally don't remember. And I didn't cry when I was getting proposed to because I didn't, I wasn't there. Right. But I was crying like two days later when I realized that like I had been dissociated the entire time and it was just like super, super sad. And so this also reminds me that it's now December and he still hasn't written that down for me. So I should probably bug him about that, but it's just Aaron, if you're listening. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to quickly take my headphones out and bug him about it, but no. Um, yeah. So it's just like, that was a really positive moment where I wish that I hadn't dissociated, but I did. And I'll never get that back. All right. Well, I don't know. I think maybe we could plan another proposal. There you go. Yeah. True. (laughs) So yeah, no, that's wild. I have so many questions about this because my experience with dissociating is it is the way of coping in the kind of emotional hangover or the aftermath of the significant dysregulation, but I've never experienced it taking away joy or like in happy moments. That's never happened to Mm -hmm. me. That's, I'm so sad for you. Yeah, it sucks because that's actually where I notice it more now. And 
yeah, it really, really blows. <laughs> Just like, that's all I can really say about it because it's, it is a coping mechanism and it can be really effective for people that are in traumatic situations or, or whatever you're dissociating from in a negative. But yeah, when it happens like in great times, it's kind of the worst. Yeah, this makes, I'm, I'm like feeling emotional for you, sad for you. Um, like dissociate. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm completely outside of my body right now. No. Um, again, anybody listening, you guys, like we have to use humor to heal. Okay. So we understand this is valid and painful and I just yes. use humor inappropriately. Let's just quick reminder. And don't we all? Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. this, that's, that makes me so sad for you. Um, and I don't even, you know, you go into your instant, like wanting to fix it for your friends. And I know there's not anything I can do or say to fix that for you, but I just want to acknowledge that that's like painful and that that gets to be mourned. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of, the, the engagement was really where I was like, oh crap. Like the M&M thing was probably like 2014. And that was really, really, really sad for like a couple of years. I was like, man, this is like the only experience I'm ever going to get. Um, but I kind of got over it. And so, yeah, I was it was unfortunate, but it's okay. I can, I asked him to tell me what he said and then I kind of relived it. But even at that, I just said like, I need you to write it down. And sometimes that's okay. Like, you know, if we can know that that's how we react to things going in, then it's helpful to be able to plan for that. So like he had gotten a photographer to come and like surprise him or surprise me. And I was really glad he did because at least I had pictures. So I think that that's like one of those reasons that I like pictures so much is that I uh, constantly forget what happens. Yeah. And there's so much joy in being able to relive those moments, even, even things that you do remember. Right. I mean, like, I love looking back at, at things because those memories can be re-triggered by a smell or an image or a, you know, like being in the same area, you never know the way that the brain will re-experience that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about, about dissociation. I just think the way in which we become reintegrated with our body, in my experience anyways, has a lot to do with grounding techniques. So um, I use grounding like to process anxiety, but then also if I'm like, not feeling completely connected to my body. And again, I'm not like, I'm not even really qualified to talk about this because I haven't really experienced a whole lot of disassociating, but you know, for me, it's like, okay, what can I hear? What can I see? What can I feel? What can I smell? Like, what are those things that will bring me back to the literal biology of this body that I'm in and like get my mind back in my head? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's why dialectical behavior therapy is so helpful is because of those mindfulness and grounding techniques, but also, you know, dissociation, disassociation, whatever we want to call it is not always negative. And so if you are in a super traumatic situation, remember that this is not always a bad thing and this can actually be really helpful. Yeah. And we see this in kids and in treatment too, who have experienced like especially sex, sexual abuse, but physical abuse, right? You were talking about this earlier, neglect. It's like, of course they, they made another, you know, whole life experience outside of the one they were living because it was so freaking unacceptable and painful and, and difficult. And 
you know, the mind, the, it's so fascinating. The things that we don't understand about the brain, the brain can literally create entire experiences outside of the one that we're living to keep us alive. Like how cool is that? Right. How do we reframe, how do we reframe disassociation from taking away to giving back to us, right? Like your brain couldn't interpret the emotional experience of getting engaged as positive, most likely. And so it just started to disassociate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, that one is weird because then it is not being used as a coping mechanism. So right. it's almost like, it's almost like I am in a place where I don't need to dissociate from the negative emotions anymore. So then it's like backfired. So like, I don't know if anybody else experiences this, but if you do, please reach out to me because I'd be very, very curious to hear. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like the, the brain is trying to do something for you, right? Like it's, it's interpreting the neurons firing as dangerous. I'm not sure why, why I don't even know why I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, frankly. (laughs) I mean, overwhelming happiness is still overwhelming. And so maybe that's what it is, is it's like, this is going to be overwhelming for you and you may not be able to handle it. I think that that's really annoying because like, personally, I think I could handle it, but whatever my biology is telling me, it's clearly not the same. Okay. Well, we've talked about this this before, but we're going to have to build like a super solid cope ahead plan for your wedding and like get you super regulated so that you remember every single moment. Seriously. And like, I, photography is probably the number one thing that I'm worried about. I like videographers are like 10 grand, which is absolutely insane to me. But like at the same time, I think I, not that I have 10 grand lying around, <laughs> but like for me, that might be not something. Not if you that, keep shopping. That's $60 true. of chocolate. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. The other day, guys, I uh, accidentally went to bulk barn to buy hot chocolate and I walked out with $60 worth of um, caffeinated chocolate and yeah, that was a bad, that, that was bad and great at the same time. That's why I'm allowed to be here right now. Cause otherwise I'd be in bed already. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So I think like a videographer for me is something that's super important because I do need to be able to relive that. But yeah, I think a coping ahead plan is a great call, like pinch me or something, I guess. Like, I'm not really sure how to like get back into real life there, but we'll figure it out. Maybe that's something for me to work on my, with my counselor for the next year. Totally. It absolutely is disassociation this is what we got for you guys we don't have a whole lot but if you experience it reach out to Lori talk to her about yes it. <laughs> Sarah's like I don't want anything to do with this no please like honestly reach out to us because if you experience dis- disassociation really like negatively or really positively and you are really interested in talking about it I'm sure people that do experience this symptom quite regularly are probably listening to this episode like why are you guys even talking about this um but it just really goes to show that everybody's views and experiences with each of the symptoms is so different also maybe we can have somebody from Canada and from somebody from the United States debate how to actually say the word and then we'll get down to the bottom of it so that could be a whole extra episode for Patreon (laughs) oh my god who's moderating that's what I want to know who is our moderator I feel like we might need someone a little bit more level-headed than us but you know we can get down to it or we can get somebody from like the UK so that it's like unbiased Perfect. Okay. I've got some friends there. Plus I really love the accents. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) Well, my friend, I love you so much and we are going to figure out how to get you fully in your body for this wedding. 
Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold, Beautiful Borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey, and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.